Hey friends, welcome to the Stationery Cafe, your podcast for everything stationery, journaling, planning related, and fun things happening in the community. I'm April from Penguins Creative, and in today's episode, I'm thrilled to invite Mai from Paper Treat Shop to come onto the show and talk to us about her stationery journey. Mai creates beautifully curated stationery packages that she calls Paper Treats, with a mission to encourage children to express their creativity. Imagine our delight when we stumble across her. So let's listen to her stationary story today. Hey, Mai, welcome to the Stationery Cafe. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, April. Thank you so much for having me here. When you first reached out to me, I was so shocked. I didn't know how to react. And so I'm just very touched that you think that I'm interesting enough to even be on this podcast. So thank you. That's what most of our guests say, but I'm like, you guys are so interesting. Like everyone has their really fun, unique story. And I feel like I'm the boring one, kind of like just looking in into everyone's diverse kind of lifestyle. So I, I really, really like was so happy when you're like, oh, you're not sure. But I'm like, come on anyway, <laughs> come on to the podcast. <laughs> So we found you through happy hour and actually Kelly was the one who found you. And I remember she telling me that you sent her a really long note, just thanking us for mentioning you on paper tree. And I'm like, don't thank us too fast. We, we may, <laughs> <laughs> we may have some angst like expressed towards you from like, you know, us diving too deep into the paper trees rabbit hole. <laughs> no, I think I've always, kind of, I'm not a social media person. So when I first started my paper treats on Instagram, I was just very quietly kind of creating my account and making it kind of grow organically, really focusing kind of on the kids and writing and artwork. So I think stationery wasn't really my main focus. And so when Kelly shouted you out, <laughs> right, right. It was it was a surprise. And did you like, did you feel like it was like very, very interesting that there's this whole community of adults just really, really into stationery, aside from your original, like, I guess, vision of it being like for children, for creative writing? Right. So I'll just start from scratch. I think when I first started my shop, Paper Treats, I was really just so focused on kids. And so I was making these happy male treat packs and thinking of how I could combine a little bit of everything um, and also make it easier for parents because they're always like, where's a pencil? Where's a pen? Or I don't even have a stamp. I remember a parent asking me um, before the pandemic, I don't even know where to buy stamps. You know, just really parents just are so busy all the time. So I think in my head, I assumed if these basic things of stationary supplies is not always so easy or convenient to obtain, I think, for parents or even gift giving with the birthdays. So I really kind of wanted to package everything together for them and write the notes with whatever message they wanted to really make it a convenient surprise or thoughtful gift. So that was really my kind of focus when I first started my shop. So then for it to kind of open up to the stationary community who discovered me, I was just blown away because there's so many 
really amazing stationery shops all around the world. And so I wasn't even thinking of kind of being in that scope. I thought there's already so much out there. They have so many, you know, beautiful supplies and stationary products. So I'm will just be in this corner <laughs> focusing kind of on gifts for kids. So this was really kind of a mind opening kind of journey for me into this community. Your, I have to say, your treat is really something special. Um, speaking for the stationary community, we've been obsessed with letter sets, um, stationary stickers, paper, and all things kawaii, like very Asian oriented. Um, and there's, there's obviously stationary stores selling them, but the variety that you put into the treat pack is is not easily like found, I guess, in these mainstream stationery stores, which is only sourced from probably same wholesalers. And the I think it's also the idea of you packaging it, like you said, a treat. And I I don't know about you, but me personally, like life, anxiety, stress, it's a very constant thing in many of our adulthood life, I think. And for us unpacking the treat pack and like looking at all the curated layers of things that were in that package gives me so much joy like i was a kid again so i feel like your your intention that was towards kids had actually touched some part of us like inside deep inside veiled by like the the work the armors against the reality of real world adulthood <laughs> and had like penetrated and we're just like paper treat <laughs> that's really i that's that's my interpretation and i think my 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 love for the treat packs i purchased from you and funnily enough i knew about your intention to really have it before kids so after my first time i was like okay i'm not gonna buy anymore because i want her to really have these be sent out to the kids but then i can't help myself and i order like two more times Yes, no, that makes me really happy. I just, I think, um, I get a lot of questions from customers for their first time purchasing. What's in it exactly? Or, you know, is it more for kids or can I buy it? And, you know, I said it's really for anybody. <laughs> but um, I do explain that it's, I treat it as like omakase. Yes. Uh -huh. Kind of leave it up to me and I will pre-select and everything's kind of each one's really different because I'm kind of thinking about each customer and their tastes if I get to know them mm -hmm. and I'm really picky I think <laughs> with what I select with the stickers or paper items and I remember as a child a lot of grad bags um, that I'd sometimes get I'd be really disappointed mm -hmm. sometimes I just felt like the cheap stuff or the leftover stuff or the things that didn't sell that just felt kind of really random, which I know they're grab bags, so I don't know why. <laughs> that kind of disappointment, but I think I just, you know, each item that I invest in, I care about, so, and I want to make customers happy with exciting little things and make it good, so. The paper tree bag, a curated pack of stationery with letter sets, stickers, and sometimes even like candies, um, involved in it and a pen and 
the pricing was like around twelve dollars, thirteen dollars, um, which in my opinion is a little too low. <laughs> you should totally go higher. <laughs> That's what a lot of us say. Um, but and. And she curates them into themes. So you could get one that's like fully just breakfast theme. Um, there's like this under the sea theme that I really enjoy. There's the save the planet theme where you even like donate proceeds to these organizations. So it's very cute. Like if you have children at home and you want to give them like a fun pandemic pack, <laughs> so to speak, um, of like curated themed item, this is the perfect gift if you're um, a mother a father a grandparent who wants to treat you know your the children's in your life um something really cute and very unique because these characters that you source like you said you nitpick um the style the quantity they're they're predominantly from japan right and then they're like this really cute sanrio characters san x characters that many of our past guests from the station cafe said it was them that the San X and the Samuel characters that first wrote them into the stationary journey. And like when they were kids, that's the first thing that got them into it. And the fact that you actually included predominantly those in your paper tree kind of like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a throwback. It's a very nostalgia thing, I think, for us adults, but then also um, a great gateway <laughs> addiction for kids who may not have that taste yet for stationery but be like oh so this is what paper could be like um and i love that you said that it hopefully will encourage kids to like write letters like express creativity um is that how is that kind of like your background too like did you grow up in japan or here in the u.s and like what was it like for you as a kid with stationery um with me well i was actually born and raised in san francisco and grew up in the U.S. all my life, um, but I do, all of my relatives are in Japan, so every time I go to visit, they're always shocked at how Japanese I am, I'm always told. They kind of see me as an old soul, and even though I'm, Amer you know, I've lived in America all my life, they keep telling me you're so Japanese, even more Japanese than the younger generation, so I think, um, it's just with my parents, my father's a craftsman and he's very traditional. So I think we just had a unique upbringing growing up here in the States. And I always loved stationery. I was so fixated on paper, but um, we didn't really have, we had a modest upbringing. So I didn't always have the cute stuff to write with. So I'd always just write on a blank piece of paper or line, but I'd always draw, I'd always make sure to draw. And that was kind of my decoration. And I think one of the most moving moment for me was my aunt on my mother's side um, passed away four years ago. And my mother went to her funeral and she collected some personal items and then she brought them back and she shared them with me. And one of them was a letter that I wrote to my aunt when I was seven years old. And oh so, I actually posted that on my um, Instagram account. It was from December 20th, but it's a picture of my letter written in Japanese with my drawing. And the paper is just still in pristine, you know, condition. it's not stained. And it just touched me so much that my aunt had kept that letter all this time. And, you know, it's just so powerful. And that's why I treasure kind of just the letter writing correspondence 
So even with children, even if they don't write or use the stationery, even it's just a simple postcard or on a piece of paper, just kind of having, keeping that kind of going and writing a letter to a grandparent or even a friend, even if they see them every day, at least just even one letter, you just never know how that carries on. That is such a sweet story. Um, I remember I used to write to my grandparents too when I was like super young. But nowadays in the digital world, like we're like, oh, Amma, can I just line you? Like, can I line text you or something like that? Which is a messaging app used in Asia. Um, and she's like, I don't know how to do this. But now that now that you kind of like reminded me, perhaps I should resume my correspondence with my my last um, grandma. So I, I think that is really, really touching. And a lot of the stationery shop owners that I've interviewed and talked to had all kind of credited letter writing to kind of their way of bridging their shop that is based in Asia to everyone else, like I, I guess around the world. So I guess this is kind of definitely a, a movement that is universal. And I, I love that you're celebrating it through paper treats and starting very young too, because, you know, people kids today stare at screens and they don't write or draw as much I feel like or you know you're you're basically playing with like coding kind of stuff at least that's like my understanding of some more sophisticated families I love that you're doing it through the shop but has that been like what you wanted to do like when I grow up I want to be a stationary shop owner and do this did you do any other occupation before no, stationery was not my focus, actually. I always actually wanted to be a sports journalist. I have two younger brothers, and we always watch sports on TV. And so I went, I really kind of fell in love with this, all sports and started collecting trading cards. I'd write fan mail to <laughs> athletes. And so just, I was just very dorky, geeky sports fan and um but i pursued it i went to college in upstate new york um, at syracuse and i got my journalism degree and then um, during the summers i was a sports intern at cairo in seattle okay. and then after graduating i went to los angeles to work in the sports industry because i really kind of wanted to throw myself in the competition um, but that I soon discovered it's just so much, so many challenges that I didn't expect. And I think I just felt defeated and sort of lost my confidence. So after that, I just had some administrative jobs for the paycheck. And that kind of was a dark, not dark, but I would say down on myself moment because my college colleagues who I, went to school with they're all you know now on ESPN they've written you know they're writing for Sports Illustrated they've released books so it's kind of like the psychological comparison of oh I didn't make it or I failed in my career or I had this degree and you know I'm the first one in my second generation to actually graduate from college and so I was it's I wanted to kind of be proud and show my parents but it was really just negativity. <laughs> but I think after I had my own family, that's really when I kind of rediscovered my roots and my culture and having my own daughter renewed my 
I guess, interest in sharing my Japanese culture with her and all the little things that I enjoyed as a child, whether reading or writing. And so that kind of opened up the opportunity for me to do that. And I've learned that, you know, I can't define my a career as who you are. And I've learned from this community, just following so many accounts on Instagram, just everybody has, they have their jobs and I think very few can do what they love. But on the side, they have so much creativity and so much talent and it's just, very, very inspiring. And there's a, one account that I follow. Um, she's a dental technician. And she's always posting stories of all these like fascinating equipment about dental molds. And I always thought, wow, that's so interesting. But meanwhile, her post is just all this beautiful mail and letters that she's crafted. And it's really, really amazing what she does. So, so I cool. think everybody's so <laughs> interesting in this community. I, I can totally relate to kind of your journey and I felt like it, I don't know if it's an Asian thing, but maybe I'm interpreting it as an Asian thing because I also feel the same insecurity when compared with my peers who in Taiwan or even here has gone on to work at tech industries, financial industries, and really rising, you know, you know the regular uh, climb the corporate ladder. And I felt like I had more of like a unconventional route. Like, you know how they said, like your, your route is squiggly instead of a straight line to point B. And I kind of definitely took the squiggly line and was never really happy with what I was doing. And today with my new stationary job, um, I, did not even think about how much I was making and even think about what like what the title is I I was just loving every single day I go to work and I feel like maybe that that's it you know like you you just gotta be able to really find something that grabs you and not and stop the comparison and I I love how the stationary community is the safe space for so many of us who have like you said did hold different jobs but then like either at evenings or like the pockets of day we kind of go back to our stationery and have that little childish moment where we're not being judged by our title or not being judged by our achievements and everyone just speaks the same language of pens and paper and stickers <laughs> washi tapes <laughs> and then it's totally fine like I, I don't care what you do but I, we both like that Mitsutama underwear sticker and that's okay <laughs> oh I love it so when did you start Paper Treats, actually? Um, I wonder how, how, how long has it been since we discovered you? I would say I've been quietly around for two years. Mm -hmm. um, but prior to that, I was really doing a lot of research and focusing on how to start a business. And I really kind of did the homework on resale license and figuring out how to start a business. So that was kind of, I did a lot of background studying before I did an official launch, but I had a book that I was reading about business, but it just did not speak to me. So I just kind of decided to me just do it my own way. And so I've been doing everything the opposite way that I was, that's been advised. Really? <laughs> nice. Doing everything backwards and I'm not, you know, I don't do promotions. I don't do sales, but that's because I really just, I don't like to spend my time focusing on that. I just like to give the lowest possible 
the best price possible that I can for my customers. And within that, I can focus on packaging and making the kits that I like. And then as a thank you, I like to do the extras, which is the tea or the candy or the little extra kind of surprise of paper goods. So that's really the joy that I like to focus on. Even um, earlier this spring, I had a little giveaway and it was about Sanrio nostalgia giveaway. And I just wanted to hear from customers of their favorite childhood memory. So that really was the focus of my giveaway, but it wasn't about tags or I didn't do any of that. So I think just kind of sticking to what I enjoy has really made this a fun journey for me and really connecting with the community has been the most fulfilling for me. That's so cool. That's very, very, like you're kind of like, maintaining your own integrity whatever how you define it and then like kind of just doing it your own way instead of having to follow the social media rules which to be honest is so draining i work in marketing and i kind of navigate that route and i stop doing that for my own personal account because it's just like who has the time to do that when you can really focus on the content the 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 community the conversations like i i just completely like that's too much like social media is a beast and a lot of shops can really get lost in that and like you know you get like short-term i guess attention but then i love that what you're doing is super authentic and it grabs you and it lingers like you know like the feeling you have when you um come back to the treat pack again and then like looking at the curation the note that you have put in the when the next day i i make the carol capec tea i like hoard them in the in the box over there okay i do drink them i do not hoard all of them i drink them but like you know i kind of savor them a week after or two and then when i make that tea i was like huh it's from paper tree. So it's like, I love that you are creating an experience that's not just the moment you unbox um, and then kind of like forgot about it, but like kind of a long, a long experience that delights you each time you use the items. I, I really, really admire that of you and the, the thought you put into reaching out to the customer and like, even like to me, just kind of sending me messages sometimes. And I remember we chat about uh, my husband Elliot's um, Gonzaga team, who unfortunately did not make it to another year of being a runner-up. I, I like joke at him because, funnily enough, I I got addicted to March Madness since came coming to the states, and it was such a delight when you started talking about it. And I'm like, ah, I didn't I didn't know anyone else who would talk to me about March Madness a little bit. No, it's definitely fun. Just I love. The community and you know I'm really I spend so much time I love the stories that everyone shares and the posts and um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head but just the kero 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 pi drawings I see sometimes of an account or um, just um, Denise from Paper and Milk she has the cutest little marshmallow line that she's created and then she also loves baking and I just love everybody's, they have their stationary focus and then they have, you know, their favorite shares on the side. And I draw a lot of that inspiration, you know, with my shop, with my product descriptions and my product titles. I spend a lot of time fixating on the products because I like 
I have a connection to everything, so I don't like to just slap on, oh, cute washi tape, and then that's that. I really, I mean, probably I'm too wordy because of my journalism background, but I really love to write, and creative writing is, it's my opportunity, I suppose, to put some of my journalism skills that, you know, didn't come together into my shop, and I love kind of sharing that and just sharing more Japanese products through my perspective, being Japanese American here and having kind of ex descriptions or explanations and to share it with people who are new. I have many new customers who don't know anything about Japanese stationery or um, even with the pens, some of the pens have the little round uh, protective, you know, they have the little Oh yeah, ball. the tip. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> so some didn't know, they're like, my pen doesn't work. So I said, well, you know, just there's actually a little thing. It's hard to see, but pop it off. <laughs> it. So it's just little things like that. You know, they felt embarrassed, but I said, no, I understand if you're new to the stationery and it's your first time using a pen or this particular product or washi tape you know, this is how it works. So it's just fun to introduce. I love it. Um, you, on the shop, you also have the a la carte, which is what you were talking about, the individual product description, because you can buy like individual items instead of purchasing the curated pack. I'm always curious, like how did you find these new stores or these, these new shops? And were you astounded by like the, the amount and like a variety that is that st Japanese stationery is today versus like maybe when you were growing up or has it always kind of been been this way um yeah it, it is a lot um with my a la carte I kind of try to make it kind of like a menu option but I think the toughest part is kind of selecting and limiting unfortunately I'm still a very small shop so it I can't purchase everything in high volume as much as I'd love to offer more variety. I really have to kind of be selective about what products to choose. And some, um, I think it's changed over the years. You know, back when I was growing up, I think just with the lack of no internet and Japanese vendors, I mean, there was no way they were going to sell to overseas. Oh yeah. That, mm -hmm. you know, that's really, that's been a huge change. And just with online and online shopping and, you know, it's now so easy to make purchases from any shop around the world. So that's nice. And it's nice to, you know, I still enjoy ordering from other shops from Japan directly or other countries. On Instagram, you often share um, your haul from other local creators or like small Etsy shop. And I love that you kind of not just shop from your existing, like, you know, resources. Like I would totally just like, you know, fall into the swim if I were in charge of like, if I had the research to buy all these cool stuff, but you still scout out all these um, local creators, artists on Etsy and support them and then kind of showcasing them. What what kind of like style do you think is your preference when it comes to like stationery and what do you like look for? And the question, how do you even like discover some of them? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. My tastes are all over the place. I just... I think I just enjoy kind of, you kind of feel, especially with creators, they get to make their own design and conceptualize and create it. So 
the handmade products I really gravitate to the most. I really, I, because I'm not creative in that aspect. And with my own shop, I'm just selling, you know, it's the products from the vendors and the brands. For me, the treat packs is how I put my personal touch and it's kind of my own way of personalizing it to make it feel, to convey a particular feeling. So that's why I really just seek randomly through Instagram of small artists, small accounts that just haven't been discovered yet or you know, could use a little share or support. I just know what that's like starting from the very bottom. And I just love sharing more than talking about myself, so. I, I love using um, hashtags or just the explore section and just some days go on, especially before Kelly and I record happy hour because we are like, oh, we don't want to like always just talk about the same place, even though there's a reason why we keep talking about them. They keep coming up with amazing additions each time. But I, I also love just kind of like those flashes of cool images or cool art that pop up on my feed. Um, sometimes no thanks to the algorithm and sometimes thanks to the algorithm for pushing it. And I think there's really a lot of creators out there in the U.S. even that, you know, I wouldn't say are more, less of a quality compared to Asian stationery, even though in Japan, they really kind of outdid themselves with the design aspect. The letter sets that you carry, like all of them are like straight to my heart. <laughs> the one where you can fold the letter set into like a crepe and then you tuck it into like a crepe yes. packaging, like that one like blows my mind. Like the way the, the delicious crepe with the whipped cream and the berries are illustrated and the little fun toy factor into assembling it yourself. Um, I, I just admire Japanese stationery for that fact, but I've been finding a lot of really cool ones um, here in the US too. And, Kelly, I want to shout out Kelly, my co-host, because she definitely did a lot of lab work in introducing me to a lot of the cool ones here in the U.S. She's yeah. also a, a chronic Etsy browser. <laughs> Kelly's amazing. I don't even know how she found me, but um, yeah, we spoke of, um, you mentioned the Japanese products. One that I really just love is, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but her name is Asano Yoshida. Asano Yoshida. Yeah, and just her illustrations are just beyond. I have these postcards, which I've had for a few months, and I just, I haven't listed them yet. I'm not trying to be greedy. It's just hard. I don't, I think I'm just so super attached to them. But they're just very child, um, they're kind of whimsical child-like illustrations. Like from children's book, you mean? Like kind of illustrated. She's she's an illustrator from Osaka, mm -hmm. and uh, she she has said in her profile that she's very inspired by children's imagination, and that really resonated with me since I'm so focused on kind of sharing children's artwork, and so her illustrations are really wonderful. And she, I've used some of her letter sets in the treat packs. Um, so I hope, I'm hoping that I can supply enough of her products to share more with the community because they're really lovely. The illustration is amazing. It 
it has this like kind of like pastel-y not well I wouldn't say it's completely pastel but it's like the color is very it's colorful but not in like in your eye way and the little characters um Mai just held up a bunch of postcards for me to see and I'm just like oh so pretty uh, what is that creature that your daughter really likes I, I don't know the pronoun Axolotl, I believe, is how you pronounce it. Axolotl? It's so adorable. It's a pink axolotl swimming against a backdrop of like green grassy um, illustration. A lot of us collect um, postcards by illustrators, not to send to friends. I mean, we would send it to only the best friend, but like (laughs) a lot of us tip them into our journal because it makes us happy when we come across it, when we write in our notebooks and stuff. And some of us have inspirational boards uh, in front of our desk. These postcards give us a way to kind of like treasure and admire, appreciate artist art, even though they're just literally four by six cute cards in our journal. So Mai, you talked about like, you know, the customer and the community being a very important part of how you run your business. Have you ever had any like interesting stories that, you know, you felt like were really moving or just like kind of cute that makes you giggle or anything that you like, what you didn't expect going in, into um, selling paper treats? What's really surprised me with all my customers or even those who've been following me on my account. It's just the amount of surprise mail that they've sent to me. I was blown away. I just, you know, someone sent me this postcard. It's, it's an old postcard from June 23rd, 1916. <laughs> I d- can't even tell you, but she said she thought of me because it's not all, you know, it, it's so old and it has the handwriting but it's from 1916 and the fact that somebody, you know, it's probably a valuable vintage postcard, but she thought of me and was wanted to share it with me. That meant a lot. And just even we talked about the axolotl earlier, I happened to share in my story that my daughter loves these creatures, but she can't have it for a pet. And all of a sudden everybody was sending, you know, us little stickers and it was just such a thoughtful, of surprise and unexpected and those little things of just us connecting and doing thoughtful things has really surprised me a lot i have a list of people i need to do return mail to and i've been meaning to write you on as well because you sent me such a thoughtful card for my birthday you do that for the customers right and you said oh i don't know i don't write like my handwriting I don't know, for some reason you said it was bad or something, so you put it on stickers on it. I'm like, no, this is amazing. I, it's in my Hobonichi um, uh, around my birthday. <laughs> it's it's a piece of me now, and I really, really want to um, highly encourage everyone to send my happy mail back because <laughs> of all the joy um, you um, have brought to us with the paper treats. Mike, please share your favorite, like, I don't know, I, won't, I don't want to make you say they're your favorite, but like, do you have some recommended, like, stores you really really like um, uh, from a stationary shop owner to another stationary shop owner you would like to shout out I love to I love to always hear more learn more about new creators some of the accounts that have really kind of inspired me through my journey here um, at Sully and Rossi she is the dental technician and she has all this beautiful creates all this beautiful mail 
and she really recycles materials. And a few months ago, I had sent her a old calendar. It's a favorite calendar of mine, but I sent it to her because I thought I can't do anything with it. And, and so she actually used them to make these huge envelopes, these really cute envelopes with my childhood favorite uh, children's book. It's called Guri Togura. But she made these envelopes out of the calendar designs. So she's so crafty. It's always, she always amazes me and I love her stories. That she that's so cool. I want to learn. I have these huge, you know how like there's those like huge hanging calendars with like great illustrations on top. I always think about how I can recycle them because I have these cat ones. <laughs> they would make great envelopes. Yeah, she made a story video of how to do it um, on her Instagram. I'm not good with the videos at all, so I will probably never be on Instagram Live or do all those kind of media things because I'm just not good at it. But um, She's her account I really enjoy, as well as um, Kristen Classert. She has a little Nordic goods shop in Paulsbo, Washington. And um, she and her daughter have like the monthly journal spread. And every day that there's a daily prompt. And so the mother writes hers and then she has her daughter write hers and then she posts them, comparing them side by side. And that's just, you know, I just love that. That's a great idea. Oh my goodness. Um, I've, I've heard of people using the Hobonichi five year or something like that for couples to do that, like both husband and wife write something about their day. But that is so adorable too. Maybe if you have a kid in the, house, in the home, that's like, you know, at the age where they are learning to write. That's such a cute activity and so cute to look back on, I bet. And in other shops, I just, you know, someone who's just been super beyond supportive of me is Denise from paper and milk. Um, she's just been so generous talking about me and, you know, I just am very touched by her kindness and just really everybody in the community who's mentioned me. I'm just so shy all the time, so it's just very humbling. And another artist is that um, Heidi Rue Art. She has her signature little cat designs and she has a book out and her illustrations are good and she also has a separate stationary account as well where she shares her journaling and then recently i bought some greeting cards from colette's paper Ooh. company um gabrielle tomasco i hope i'm pronouncing her name right but she's just um recently been having her own illustrations and creating greeting cards um so i ordered a few and they're really lovely so i just like to continue to support her and others We'll definitely be sharing these Instagram account handles on our, you know, the Instagram post that accompanies this episode. I'm excited to dig into their feed and I kind of look at all the pretty things. It's so cool. I feel like you find some really unique personality. That's just um, a lot of us stationary people. We kind of like tend to like gravitate towards the same style or the same artist or the one that's like trendy at the time. And so I, I, I really like your recommendations. I can't wait to check them out. In fact, you mentioned like um, Denise from Paper and Milk shouting you out. Did you know you were viral on Twitch for a period of time where everyone was just <laughs> unboxing? So it became like a, it become like a hashtag, like Paper Trees Unboxing. <laughs> I, I hope it didn't overwhelm you too much because I knew when the stationary crowd kind of 
got fixated on one. It's like a tidal wave of us enabling each other to try it out. And I knew you had to, because when you curate your packs, you you really take the time. So it's not like something that's always in stock, right? Like you would only when you felt ready to release more of that quantity, then you update it on the shop or something like that. So um, we definitely overwhelmed my during that that few months when it came out on the episode probably this week too <laughs> when this comes out I, I loved it and I honestly I did not know what twitch was up until it was mentioned and um I admit I have not watched any of it I, I'm just slow but I'm taking steps to kind of learn more through the community I think I was just more taken back with the sudden attention but I really really appreciative of it and I do take my time on it simply because I like to pick each one and I know it's time consuming and I sh could get it done a lot faster if I just did kind of more you know here's yes line them up but yeah I don't tend to enjoy that so I want to assure you representing the stationary crowd that even though we like swept your inventory that time we definitely felt guilty about taking that away from potentially children receiving these packs so we did our job educating all of our relatives and like friends and family who have kids and to really like share this with them too just to offset the guilt that oh no don't ever <laughs> we got the pack from the kid <laughs> Don't ever feel guilty. I think, you know, in the beginning, I was so fixated on making, finding a market, I think, for children and families. But the reality is, it's just hard to get into. And especially, you know, with children, I think most parents are really into children's fashion when it comes to Instagram. Ooh. They're really into the kids' fashion or promoting these brands or the toys. Like writing products are really just not as, I guess, exciting or fun i think or appealing so i'm grateful because without this stationary community i'd still be here but i'd just be quietly packaging and not really being noticed which is totally i'm just always been a wallflower so i'm not complaining about that but mm -hmm. i'm just grateful that so many people appreciate each and every little sticker or the washi tape that i select or the themes that has really been great. Yeah, just just a heads up for you, like, you know, it's already almost June. Just start preparing your November and December packs, obviously, because we're gonna be shopping them to give to a lot of our friends' kids. Like, I think that's like, for me, the ideal gift as a stationary auntie, <laughs> like to, to, to recommend to kids, like, you know everyone's got their switch light already and stuff so I'm, I'm gonna be gifting the gift of stationery to all the kids i know or are responsible for gifting to it's really not an inventory issue with me i have plenty of the products and i'm always actually so everybody asks me where i get all these little cute papers and memo sheets and you know i don't know most people should be familiar but with seria and can do the mm. Seria, the, I know Seria. Yeah, it's it's like the Daiso, pretty much. Mm -hmm. It's similar to Daiso, but you know, when every time I go to Japan, that's those are the two that I just go and I stock up. And every you know, every month it seems like they have a new release. They do. So that's always dangerous, you know, with Japanese stationery products. They just every season, it's just it's always revolving. So mm -hmm. it's hard because it's so tempting, but um, 
I have my friend in Kyoto who helps me because I'm not able to travel right now. Yeah. She's been my guide and she has her phone and she's taking pictures of certain products. She's kind of like my virtual shopper, but she's always laughs because I'm so strict sometimes of no, no, yes, no, particular about everything. And you know, a lot of Japanese items sometimes have the, I think recently she showed me it was a really cute little memo paper, but it, and it had a wonderful on it, but it was misspelled. And so yeah, was, yeah, that's very common with Asian stations. So I just get, I can't, I'm just best I'm friends like, or something like that, like right, really right. nonsensical <laughs> phrases and spelled incorrectly. <laughs> I think the spelling is more my issue, my personal thing. So, can you zoom in on that, on that sentence, please, <laughs> on that memo card? <laughs> No, I totally understand. And I think that's, that's really, again, I'm like just astounded at like the amount of work you put into curating these things. And it's understandable that, you know, they're all stock because you do take the time to really make them special and it delivers just, just if you would like to know it, we, we feel every little minute you spend on it. <laughs> I would love to learn about you and like your writing habits. Like, do you like your, you shared a story with that person who did like writing prompts with her children. Do you do something similar? Like, did you pass your stationary hobby to your daughter and what kind of things do you guys do together? So we primarily, when my daughter was younger, she loved writing little notes and whatnot, and we did together. And actually, sorry, I'm sidetracking just a little bit, but I do want to share with children, there's such a limited time frame of their free imagination. Because mm -hmm. I noticed that with my daughter from, you know, two on to five, I would you know, maybe six, she'd just write or draw whatever she wanted, not think about it. And now she's at the age where it's just, she questions herself. Mm -hmm. And she, when she draws, she's more critical. Mm. And so it's just the really adjustment for me of, oh, she's gone to that point now of just even us as adults where we're like, oh, my handwriting's horrible or, you know, this drawing or this watercolor paint didn't come out the way I wanted. And mm -hmm. it looks horrible or I'm too shy. She does not want to share her drawings recently. <laughs> So that's really crushing, but that's why I treasure kind of that, the younger age and being able to kind of share as much writing or art as I can um, of children to my account, because it just, it's capturing those moments that's going to pass by. Um, but back to your question about myself, we do draw together. Um, I'm not a good drawer, but uh, my daughter likes to draw. So we, those are the kind of activities we do um, personally at home. With um, letters, I am very traditional. <laughs> They're, I'm pretty boring. I will admit my envelopes are not decorated. Uh, they're just simple, just traditional letters. And with stationery, at least um, with the Japanese stationery there, I feel like it speaks for itself, the design and beauty of it. So I do my writing and then I just mail it with maybe a sticker or a postcard of something that I enjoy. So personally, I keep it very simple, but that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy all of the others who do really beautiful mail and decorating of the envelopes. And every time I get them in, I save each one because they just make me so happy. And I just enjoy everybody else's creativity 
And with me, I, I've learned to accept, <laughs> you know, maybe I'm not as creative, but um, I'm always staying true to kind of my feelings and my heart of what I enjoy. So that's, that's what's the, that's the most important part because I feel like for us to define what is creative and what is not, that is like that limitation you talked about with your kid, like, oh, they suddenly have to um, draw a tree, like what a tree will look like, or like the girl has to look like this or something like that. Um, I want to share like a fun story. Shout out to my friend T Terry in um, Boston and her oldest girl, I I've known her for the past five, six years now, and I watch her grow from like fourth grade to like right now a teenager. And she, in her like the younger stages, her art, like her, her teacher said, if I hadn't known you and your family, I would think this kid needs to see a therapist because it's like dark, blood, gory, like monsters, like not anything that a young girl would draw. Everyone else is drawing princesses and stuff. And for her creativity and her like imagination was just taking her to the, the, the adventures and the, like the fantasy and like the really disturbing parts of illustration. And she said like her, fa her family's super normal, but the kid just was able to like, you know, use, use YouTube and like, she loves like gory makeup and like the really artificial movie like where they make zombies and Halloween is like their favorite season because she just gets to unleash that. But now she's a teenager and that kind of phase was gone. And she also like, oh, I miss when she made cakes that looks like fingernails, you know, like <laughs> little finger cakes. <laughs> it, it's really, I, I feel like what you said would probably relate to a lot of people who are listening with, with kids. And I think that's such a inspirational thing to do for you to really like share the message that, you know, grasp youth and unleash creativity because as we adults well know, like it's so it's so easy to be critical now. Like it's not enough, not good enough. And like, I love what you said at the end, you know, if it's true to you and like what you enjoy and um, it's totally enough. And I'm a big um, supporter of that because people usually say, oh, April, you paint so well. And I'm like, I paint every day. That's why I, I kind of come to hone my style to what I am today. But I definitely felt like there was a period of time where like, yeah, this thing is just blah, but you know, I don't think what I do now is like amazing or anything. It's just, I, I enjoy doing it every day. And I'm so happy to hear that you, you're doing it too. And in fact, you should start a gallery because you have the kids gallery on your website. You should yeah. snuck yours in, <laughs> you know, like don't say who it is from, <laughs> just sneak yours in. <laughs> See if anyone notices. Yeah. That would be really cute. I would I would love to to seek it out. You know, I I'm not I am not one to judge art, but I love when people share um, the progress of their art art story. Um, I have a few friends who do that, and I really admire them. I need to do that more. Actually, I just sketch and I close my sketchbook, and then I just I just leave it <laughs> on the shelf. <laughs> I guess finally to wrap up the episode, I want to ask you: Is there any interesting thing you were looking forward to for this year for paper trees for yourself or for um whatever stationery out there uh, for my shop i think i will i want to continue to focus on the treats and possibly coming up with new themes and 
keeping it fun and products wise I'll continue to try to focus on more unique items or new artists or brands I will try to do my best to obtain it's a little difficult sometimes especially just being remotely and not being able to be there but um hopefully I will have some new exciting products soon I'm excited for the Asano Yoshida illustrated cards that yes. you showed me those are so amazing I think I've seen it once um one particular one you have with the bedtime story one from Rainbow Holic story oh okay Did she, have? she had it once in one of her also like curated packs from her Patreon but the other ones I don't think I remember seeing so I'm really really excited because I really like that style there's this artist in Taiwan called Mandy Kuo, who also does this really whimsical fantasy, like dreamscape-y environments in, in like a children's book illustrated form. And it reminded me of that a little bit. So awesome. That's what I just love is, you know, I'm only sharing Japanese because that's my culture, but that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate and enjoy other artists from other countries. And I love all the other shops as well. And a lot of times when I don't have something, I'll have a customer reach out and I do refer them to those other shops. I'm just very, kind of, you know, everybody's supporting. It's the whole same community. So everyone grows together. It's the yeah, best. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally feel you. Well, thank you so much, Mai, for coming on to the show. I feel like I feel very rejuvenated talking to you today and then just kind of reconnecting with like, you know, my my values as a person mm -hmm. who likes creative creativity and likes stationary and your value and what you are trying to push for and i think it's really really touching um for people who wants to follow my and her paper treat journey um her instagram handle is paper treat shop website is papertreatshop.com and i i look forward to seeing you share more of you know the the children's drawing i really enjoy browsing through them and just kind of like feeling that free formness i want to do that with my crayons actually like kind of reconnect with the the child in me and as always you can find us at the stationery cafe on instagram too we'll be sharing the handles of the shops that my recommended today and you can also find us at our website, thestationerycafe.com. Support us on Patreon or leave us a review. We appreciate any kind of support. And we look forward to bringing you another fun conversation in the next week or so. Bye, Mai. Bye. Thank you so much.